Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robots Radio presents The Cyberpunk Lorecast Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast Where style is just as important as substance Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games And other dystopian worlds I'm your host, Robots All right, Cyberpunks, welcome back to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. It is time again to gather around the glow of one of our favorite people, Jay Gray, who is joining us. The, the, uh, I, I don't know why I said glow, but um, I guess you're glowing. Is that a thing? Are you pregnant? <laughs> there's, a, there's a light right above my head. Oh, that's what Kinda it is. Kind of gives me a halo. It's the, it's the light. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here, as usual, with Captain Logan, the most dangerous pirate on the seven seas. How's it going, Captain? Good, good. Although Sea of Thieves is just the one sea, so I would be better off with just being the, I'd be happy just being the deadliest pirate in that one sea. Yeah. And then worry about the other six later. Yeah, but you, we know you, you travel, you travel all seven of them. I mean, I can if you need me to. Where where are we going? It's how many servers are there? (laughs) There. And is each server its own sea? Uh, there are a lot of servers. I, I, no one really knows for sure. Cause it's, it's cross region, but every, every server is its own C and you can use the little portals and a little, a little trick okay. to hop from server to server. So you just need to go to seven of those servers mm-hmm. and then that's an accurate statement. There you go. There you that's, go. That's like, that's like 24 hours worth of work right there. Uh, you got the work cut out for you. And that's why we love you so much because you're so such a hard worker. But um, we're not here to talk about the seas of thieves. We're here to talk about <laughs> cyberpunk. Man, this is not how I expected the intro to go, but it never is, is it? But uh, yeah, so Jay Gray is here. Jay Gray from Artelsorian Games, one of our favorite people, is back to talk about some of the some of the fun news coming for Cyberpunk Red. So if you are into the tabletop or you're into the lore and that's what this show is about some of the time. I mean, whenever we can be of cyberpunk, then stay tuned for that because they've got some big announcements because it's the time of the year again for big announcements. And we're going to find out more about what's coming to 
Cyberpunk Red in the second half of this episode, but he's here to join us for the first half of the episode because we have a new series coming to this show where Logan and I, and potentially a guest, will be discussing one of the philosophies of Cyberpunk. And we've kind of been setting up for this because we've been talking about the games, we've been talking about some of the media, we've we've talked about Blade Runner, we've been talking about some of the movies and things with our with our patrons, and there are there are theor- themes philosophical themes that happen in cyberpunk and those philosophical themes get fleshed out in different ways depending on the the game or the the media the movie the book whatever that that you're looking at so each of these episodes coming up is going to tackle one of those themes and we're going to talk mostly about cyberpunk's way of handling that whether it's red or 2077 or whatever but then we might actually expand out to that and talk about some other media and ways that those handle things and draw some connections and things like that as well. So the theme for this episode is specifically immortality. This is one of the themes that comes up again and again and again in cyberpunk media and is handled in some very interesting ways when it comes to cyberpunk red, cyberpunk 2020, cyberpunk 2077. And I want to start this off because I'm going to be pitching some questions to my panel, my my genius panel here, Captain Logan and Jay Gray. And let's start out with Cyberpunk. We're, we're talking Cyberpunk Red. We're talking Cyberpunk 2077. What are what are some of the main ways that immortality is handled when it comes to Cyberpunk? And and morally, do you feel like there's a moral spin on it? Who would like to start? I think I think guests gotta yeah. go first, okay. right? That's the polite sure. thing, right? Yeah, Jake. So so let, let let's start with the oldest man in the world. The oldest uh, Saburo, man. The oldest Saburo man. Arasaka. Yes, Saburo. Uh, by the time twenty seventy seven rolls around, Saburo Arasaka. Remember, this man was a pilot for the Japanese Imperial military in World War Two. Um, and by that point, you know, a full grown adult. And yet in 2077, he's still alive. And so he is in his original body. As far as we know, um, he has achieved immortality the old fashioned way, which is to say lots of surgeries, some cyberware, probably a lot of cloned organs because, um, cloning, being able to clone body parts is actually fairly common by 2020. Uh, it gets really cheap by 2045 fairly cheap to the point where bodies are no longer worth anything like it used to be in 2020 you kill a guy you can drag his corpse down to a body bank and sell his organs with a donor card Mm -hmm. uh, you know and get some good cash for it Um, but by 2045 it is relatively cheap to clone the uh, body parts and so organ transplant to organ harvesting isn't as big a deal unless things are like really rare like you know left-handed hearts or something um (laughs) right uh so which is a thing uh, Uh, some people might be laughing thinking that's a joke but um specific body body part organs can come in left-handed versions where it's as if they're mirrored everything is function functionally the opposite as it is for most people Mm -hmm. that that is a thing yes it is a thing. So, uh, so he, you know, so, you know, we can assume that he has had multiple transplants by 2077. Like they're basically re- it's like, Oh, his heart's giving out again. 
So they reclone it yeah. and put it back in. And the thing is, of course, um, it's going to be better, but anybody who's ever had a transplant, even if it is a fully compatible, it still doesn't have the same lifespan uh, as a regular uh, or as, as your natural growing in your body from birth organ would have. Right. Uh, so he is, he is achieved. Uh, he is, he is by 2077 probably reached the limits of what medical technology can do. And he has done that with millions upon millions upon millions of yen. Um, right. Uh, dollars, Euro dollars, yen currencies, currency units. Uh, he is one of the richest people in the world. And because he is, he can survive that long. Um, I am not going to spoil certain things that happen in certain <laughs> paths in 2077. Sure. Well, except to say that we, the we very obvious, we can spoil it. I, I think we're, we're okay. at a point in the show where spoilers are open okay. for this stuff. Yeah, so we've, we'll, we've, we've definitely covered it for sure. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to say, so, if you haven't, we'll just say right now, if you haven't finished 2077 warning, we, we will spoil some yes. of the endings in this episode. Um, yep. there you go. So just be careful. So, uh, towards, uh, at the end of one branch of 2077, uh, a chip uh, we find out that Saburo is on a chip much like Johnny was and this chip is implanted in his son and uh, uh, Yurinobo and he basically takes over his son's body and it's said that he requires that for the chip to be stable it requires a relative genetic match mm-hmm. uh, which is why it works in his son much better than Johnny's chip worked in V right right because theoretically um, his, gen is, his son is roughly a 50 50- percent match yes yes right. in theory yeah in theory um uh so uh now here's some interesting things uh of course that chip technology is based on soul killer soul killer is a program developed by alt cunningham which was originally designed to create a stable matrix in which to develop artificial intelligences uh it was eventually uh weaponized to become a way of duplicating and this is an important fact duplicating a mental matrix, somebody's brain. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, if you copy a computer file to a flash drive, you are not in fact copying the computer file to the, fra- you're, you're not exactly, you're not mo- say you're moving it to a flash drive. You're not saying it's not like physically picking up a pen and moving that pen over here. Right. What you're doing is you're right. making a duplicate of it. Right. Like you are making a photocopy. Right. Uh, and the same thing happens. So, Johnny on that chip is not Johnny. That is a copy of Johnny. It may even be a copy of a copy of a copy of Johnny. We honestly don't know. And every time you make a copy of something, it degrades just a little bit. Things change, problems happen, little random bits alter, um, especially something as complex as a neural map. So the same thing is, Saburo dies in that beginning. When, when Yurinobo mm-hmm. chokes the life out of him, Saburo is dead. A copy of Saburo lives and is installed, but it's not the same as the original man. And that gets into the into a question: If you have all that person's memories and you have all that person's you know thoughts, are you still that person, or are you a copy of that person? Right. Right. Does the soul travel so, with it? Right. So okay. So this opens up a lot of questions here, and this is one of those things that. Um, is philosophy this is a big question in philosophy and this is hit on in many other 
uh, forms of cyberpunk media. Uh, Mark 10 Gamer in chat says, so it's like a rich guy from Altered Carbon. So if you've watched the Altered Carbon series, very similar to this concept of, you know, you know downloading yourself onto one of the um, what's it called? The stack. That goes in, yep. in the base of your skull, and then you can put that in another body, a sleeve. It's a, it's a lot like that. Um, it's a very cool show if you haven't checked out that show. Um, but yeah, it's the same kind of thing. You're copying the contents of your brain into a chip that then can go into another brain, and then so on and so forth. So it's, it's a similar uh, issue with something like Star Trek and teleporting you know d mm-hmm. you know taking your body reducing it down to uh digits and then teleporting and then recomposing your body somewhere else it's not actually your same body that was decomposed in one place and recomposed in another place it's a copy of your body it's not the same thing it may have all the memories and all the feelings and all the you know same functions of your body biologically and chemically in your brain but it's not really the same you so is that <laughs> is that you? Yep. But uh, so here, let me let me pose the question then. When you when you go unconscious tonight and you go fall asleep and your conscious brain falls asleep and you wake up tomorrow morning, is that the same you? So, but let's say first we're we're still in our body, right? Right. I haven't switched bodies overnight. You haven't switched. Same like, yeah, like, and I'm, I'm just let's. I'm, I'm moving steps from the familiar yeah. to the unfamiliar. So let's let's move the okay. ingredients, right? So one gradient is let, let's let's move the smallest gradient, right? The smallest yes. gradient is from this second to the next second. Are you still you? I'm gonna say yes. For, for the you, most part, yes. We don't have yeah. any reason to think we're not, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. From one moment uh, to the uh, next. Uh, it seems like I'm there, still there's a, the whole argument to say that we evolve over time and who we are in the future sure. is not who we are in the past. But right, right. That, but for the a, most part, very it feels like thing. it feels like me. How am I? How am I even going to continue the sentence if I'm not a continual, you know, person? If I'm, you know, like right. okay. So what about when you go to sleep at night? Your conscious brain falls asleep. Your subconscious brain is still moving, but there are parts of your brain that are not functioning on a conscious level that effectively turn off. And then those conscious brain parts of your brain turn back on in the morning when you wake up. Are you still you, the same you, the next morning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How do you know? I mean, I don't. That that's that's always a question. I don't. You know, how how do I prove that I actually exist? Okay. Okay. So why? So 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 you don't know. Okay. So but why do you think so? Because not, of repetition through yeah. experience. Same because, reason we don't stick our hand on the stove every time we because, turn it on. Okay, so so you think so because the future version of yourself or so. Okay, so let's say the current version of yourself can think back to the previous night when you fell asleep. And uh-huh. you have a, a what seems like unbroken continuation of memory, right? Yes. You've, you've got like this continuation. You remember going to sleep. You remember tossing, turning maybe during the night when you kind of regain consciousness a little bit. And then you remember waking up in the morning. You have this kind of unbroken, seemingly string of self-awareness. Yes, I, I am hopefully in the same place. Hopefully everything that I remember is being true before I went to sleep is, this, is true after I've right. gone to sleep. Even though there are gigantic gaps of like hour long moments where you don't actually have memories, you still feel yes. like that is still the continuation of yourself. So yeah. let me, let me, let me then pose the question. How is that any different than the version 
of Yurinobu, or um, I'm sorry, the uh, Saburo. Saburo, um, waking up in a new body, having a gap in his memory from being in the previous body, now being a new body, that version of him waking up and still having a continual memory of being his previous self. Well, we I kind mean, of go ahead. Can, I, can I bring in a reference that kind of uh, adds adds a little bit of flair to this? Sure. Uh, the, yeah. the show Invincible has uh, a character in it, which if you haven't seen Invincible, go to Amazon, please watch that show. Uh, but there is a character in there called the Mahler Twins. And the Mahler twins uh, constantly are making one clone of themselves so that there's always two of them. And in that show, it is a constant feud between the two about which is the original and which is the clone. Mm -hmm. And at this point, you know, you really don't have any idea because both have the exact same mental process, the same memories, the same body. And there's really no discernible difference between the two, but both will claim that each other or, or that they are the original and that the other is a clone. So at that point, regardless of whether or not you wake up in a, in a body that is yours or a new body, if it's your memories and your distinct personality, if that is all 100% copied across, then it should be, it should just be you, shouldn't it? Well, that's yeah, my go, point is that go. wouldn't it feel like that that, that would, version yeah. of you would still feel like it's the real you looking backwards just like i feel like i'm the real me looking backwards to yesterday well go one step further saburo has two sons that we know of kai True. and Yurinobo. right kai's dead but pretend kai didn't die right yeah now pretend that there were two chips each with saburo on it right. and it gets slotted into each of his sons are both of them Saburo? I, I think they both think that they are at that point. They both think that they are. Now, and, and then this gets, into the, this gets into where philosophy reaches legality. How do you legally, uh, how do you set legal precedent for this kind of technology? <laughs> right. yeah, bringing that's... it forward. Because, I mean, inheritance is a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, ownership. Yeah. Like, if I die, I no longer own my stuff. Oh, sure. But... You know, and I, you know, if, if I die, but I show up again and I can prove that I'm, the, I have my memories in this new body, do I own that stuff or does that stuff get inherited? And, you know, in this case, it gets inherited by his son, who he is. And so that makes life easier for him. But if there's two of him, one in Kai and one in, your, it, 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 one in each of his sons, do they fight over it? Yeah, right. Yeah, like how do you? What does the law say about it? Right. Does there have if, to be some if, kind of will that says my clone self in my my cloned brain in this body gets it, and my clone brain in this body doesn't? If we'll, we'll we'll take we'll take aesthetics. If we take aesthetics out of the picture, say whoever is in charge of it, uh, the world is blind and, and no one can see each other. If mm -hmm. they both act and sound like uh, Saburo then it you know unless you had them in the in the room at the same time they would just they would each own it themselves there wouldn't it, there would it's kind of like the uh uh we ha we have a, a kind of an example of this in cyberpunk 2077 with the uh the twins that you fight for your first fight when you go out and fight there's two bodies they're exactly the same but it mm -hmm. is one consciousness mm -hmm. right yeah but so, on the other hand they don't own shit 
Yeah, yeah, right. They're they're not Sabura. They are not not one of the richest people, a a multi-billionaire, if not a trillionaire, in charge of one of the largest corporations on the face of the planet. Right, right. Um, So aside Um, from the legal sides, because I I don't want to get too sidetracked on the legal side of this, because I want to stay on the philosophical side of this. Um, But let's say Sabura put himself in a clone of himself, so you don't even have the issue of children involved. You have no distinction. So my my point is that you have two things happening. You have the legitimate death of Suburo as he was. Boom. Happening Uh right there. So we know Suburo died. The version Uh of him that we know as being him died. A copy was made. A copy was it would then have been put into a body, whether it's a clone or his son or whatever. A copy is put into a body. That body and that copy would then also legitimately feel like he is actually still himself. Yeah, no, at the I, same I, yeah, time, I, sort of. But look at the only other example of an engram, and a much better example because we actually have long-term examination of it. Um, you, Johnny is in your your body, arguably for weeks. We don't know exactly how long between when you get the chip and when the game ends they actually is because time is a relative concept where the game will let you pass day night cycles for as long as you want right um sure and as long as you don't activate certain quest flags but let's just say it's several weeks and so there's a couple things there first of all we don't know if that's johnny's direct engram or copies of johnny's engram how much degradation there's been before the chip gets installed um the chip itself is damaged and so that you know leads to some questions what happens when the mind is damaged if you have alzheimer's sure. are you still you most right. people would argue that you are so we'll say that a if an engram is the original person or thinks it is that at the very least um and it's damaged then it would be a lot like a brain being damaged and therefore the engram is still that person so going forward throughout the thing there is johnny has moments of you know i'm not johnny i'm just a copy of johnny right you right. know and and struggles with that i you know you know a lot of times he's johnny and he defaults to that doesn't he you know when he when he's angry or he's mad he's johnny i did this he talks about johnny silver he doesn't talk about johnny silver hand he doesn't say johnny did this he said i did this he doesn't say this is someone johnny knew he says I, someone right. I knew. he has legitimate memories time, and guilt and, and those kinds of things yeah right but there are times when he goes you know i'm just i'm not the real thing the real thing is dead i'm just a copy and that comes to play especially with several of the endings where you know he purposely spoiling for the endings again he purposely <laughs> gives himself up so that v has a chance right right yeah logan it looks like you have thoughts i i'm trying to i'm trying to wrap my head around a couple of things that i want to, i don't think i can articulate it well enough but i i'm very interested in the the relics that we've seen uh at least at the end uh in spoilers again for the ending there's a time or if you give um uh jackie's body to uh to to the corpse Mm -hmm. and they take his body and they upload his consciousness into uh uh, soul killer i think it was it's it's the database that's in arasaka yeah Uh, yeah. your interaction with that engram uh or that copy is very you know it's not it's not actually jackie it's echoes. And, it's just like echoes and shadows of what his personality was. Yeah. Right. But, and, and part of that is because uh, they don't, I don't think they use the full relic on him. 
Okay. You know, my, my guess is, I don't think it's ever really explained, but my guess is there's very iterations going from soul killer to the relic. And as, let's be clear. The relic that Saburo is on is not the same thing as soul killer. It's that technology taken forward as far as can go. The point of soul killer was not to make a copy of the body of, of the brain, which you can then install into something else. The point of soul killer was to get a copy, which you can then later interrogate for information. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it does not need a fully aware Jackie. It just needs enough of Jackie to be able to say, who put you up to this? Yeah. You know, and answer questions. So it could be that they didn't use it. Plus he was kind of already dead. Yeah. That, that was um, always my, that was my, always my sense true. of it was that it was a copy of a dead or dying brain rather than a yes. fully alive, aware brain. Yeah. It does kind of so, solve that problem. Yeah. So there's that. Um, you know, and there are people like, for example, alts second generation because uh, the the soul killer alt makes in never fade away which is um the story where we meet alt in cyberpunk 2020 slash cyberpunk red and the mission you play through in 2077 where you go to rescue her in johnny's memories um uh that version is probably one of the most clean and capable versions she specifically made that version so she could download herself and then read uh, upload herself into the matrix and then download herself back into her body very quickly and um so that is a but later on uh they make soul killer three and the priority is less on that technology and more on uh creating a better weapon which means it's uh, soul killer two is for example incapable of moving you have to bring someone to it and feed them in soul killer three can move through the net and capture people and in fact it does there's dozens of person dozens of hundreds of net runners and personalities that it, it, it captures during the fourth corporate war uh, it is a devastating weapon aerosol uses against militech and just, um just to jump in uh soul killer three technically was an ai correct it was yeah a base level okay. ai it was actually capable of adopting person researching its target and adopting personalities to fool its target into thinking you were, it was, it's that personality's that person's friend, that target's friend. Uh, so it was a clever mm. bastard of a thing. Mm. Um, soul killer two was, uh, it was, it was an Alexa. It was capable of interacting, <laughs> but, uh, but it could do much more than follow orders. A, oh man. I got to get rid of this thing. <laughs> Crap. I have, yeah. I have, oh man. I don't want to get off topic, but I have questions about like voodoo boys in 2077 and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> keeps talking wow. about voodoo boys. <laughs> I really do. He's like, I want more voodoo cool. boys. I want more voodoo boys. Like, voodoo well, boys are they, awesome. But yeah, absolutely. They're neat. Yeah. It's it's the first it's the only it's the only bit in 2077 where we get to really kind of interact with uh um with the the wall and with yeah. mm-hmm. uh netwatch yes. and because of that it it feels like there was so much of a story that could have been built out and hopefully will get built out uh between like why is voodoo boys doing what they're doing why are they trying to get in, why are they so interested in uh alt cunningham's um ai version uh and and there's there's so much there that i'm just trying to like wonder how how like what was the purpose of them like playing through the story i didn't feel like they wanted to do anything except for bringing down netwatch and i don't know that they that they really kind of knew what was coming if they did that okay so um this goes back okay so um as the net ran from 2013 the original cyberpunk to 2020 uh 
it was it was very much the William Gibson esque Tron style net, which is, you know, you jack in, you might as well be on another plane of existence. Uh, it's this great vast expanse of space where you basically can exist. It's like even say you spend a lot of time online, you make online friends. A lot of times those online friends feel much more real than flesh and blood person. I can touch you friends. Um, it's that same kind of idea only this time. Now you can touch them. You can go to places. You, there were night in the 2020 era, there were like entire nightclubs. that are completely virtual, you know, much like say second life tries to be imagine mm-hmm. a second life. <laughs> if you could jack your brain into it. Oh man. You know, yeah. There are people living entire lives where they were, and there were Very philosophical, disturbing explorations of that where people are like oh well it's not just this collection of servers and wires it really is another plane of existence there is a almost spiritual sense to it and the voodoo boys are an extension of that they either know because they've gotten stories from it or they've built up this idea in their own mind that what's beyond the black wall aka the old net where you can have full immersion um uh, and and the best net runners can briefly get through the net and see the other side, and that's part of what T Bug does. Is they briefly touch the old net, and that's why they can do hacking from such a distance. Um, but they, so they have this this thing where they think if they just break through, and they know that to break through fully, they need to talk to the AIs because the AIs are the ones who helped build the wall. They think because NetWatch couldn't have done it on its own. Right. So yeah. they need the AIs to help them get through the wall so that they can be part of this spiritual, virtual other reality. Mm. That's what the Buddha boys want. And they want Alt Cunningham, probably because Alt feels like the most human and capable of talking to them on their level AIs. She's like the patron saint of the. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think most AI, there are different kinds of AIs. I think we may have talked about this, but there are different kinds of AIs in Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. There are pseudo AIs. Pseudo AIs are expert systems. They're advanced Alexa's advanced series. They, you can have entire, they can technically uh, pass the Turing test, mm-hmm. but they're not truly intelligent. There are uh, human AIs made by Soul Killer, like Alt Cunningham. They were humans whose engrams got trapped on the net. There are spontaneous AIs, basically AIs that have just generated. And the spontaneous AIs don't think like human beings. Right. And in fact, they have trouble communicating with human beings and human beings have trouble communicating with them. Because they're completely um, foreign to, to us. God, that right. reminds me of those two AIs that... Uh, or there was an article that got put out about two of how they created two AIs. Their own they, language. Yeah, yeah. Their own blockchain code that no one actually knows what's actually being said between them. Oh my God. Yeah. They had to shut it down because the AIs learned to communicate each, with each other in ways that made no sense to, to, that is, to their handlers. Yeah. That is frightening. That is, this <laughs> yeah. is the beginning of and Skynet. Yeah. It's the same kind of idea. Um, and, and cyberpunk in the old net, the, different regions would literally develop their own personalities because so much information was flowing through them that they would spontaneously form essentially the pathways that communications and information was flowing through became neural nets. So they developed personalities and, you know, you ask yourself, okay, why a black wall, right? If the old net is so dangerous, it's so filled with rabbits and rage, Bart Moss's (laughs) AI love children that want to destroy everything. These the old net is not some is not an astral plane. 
It exists on physical servers. Why has a NetWatch in the 57 years since the fourth corporate war, sorry, 54 years since the fourth corporate war, gone to all these places and shut down or destroyed all these old servers? Why are they still operating? The answer is the AIs live on them and they have some kind of deal with them. Yeah, there's something going on. So the Voodoo Boys are trying to get on that same level so they feel like they maybe have a better better playing field to battle net netwatch within that no case? The, the netwatch the netwatch battle is incidental okay. the reason they're fighting netwatch is because netwatch doesn't want anyone to break the fort the, the black wall because that's sort that of like sense. saying that's, that's like letting say oh well if we let everybody have nuclear weapons yeah. or you know you know if we put the button to launch nuclear weapons in everybody's kitchen eventually someone's going to press them no matter how much we tell them not to press it right um it's the same kind of idea. The, the you have to understand how absolutely devastating the end of the fourth corporate war was. It was not just unleashing all these rabbits on you know the world was at that point entirely dependent on the communication through the old net. Everything was wired to it. Everything, mm-hmm. phones were wired to it, databases were wired to it, uh, satellite communication was wired to it. Everything, thousands upon thousands of people died because of Bart Moss's virus and it gets worse because it wasn't just the rabbits it was the data crash virus two different things mm-hmm. unleashed at the same time the data crash was a bit swapper if you know this thing this 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 recipe for a cookie <laughs> is made up of bits and zeros ones and zeros and this diagram of a tank is also made up of ones and zeros mm-hmm. suddenly you know just swap a few things so get cookie you, tank. you need yeah you, you need you, think. you need a cup of you need a cup of of milk and suddenly over here it's telling you that you need uh you just switch that one cup yeah with with the 20 the the, the 20 tons of steel you need right. or you know so and the thing is is so uh since everything was online and less and less stuff was paper all the stuff you used to make things all the blueprints all the diagrams all the formulas all this information got corrupted so you can no longer trust that stuff. And that's why it took so long to build back from the end of the fourth corporate war. So after seeing the world have this horrible cataclysmic digital event, NetWatch wants to do everything they can to prevent it from happening again. And the Voodoo Boys don't care about that. They just want to get to the other side and experience the full net in all its glory. And gotcha. NetWatch wants to stop them. So they don't care about bringing, some of them probably do. Some of them, you know, have a mat on for NetWatch in the same way that if a if the cops chase criminals long enough, the criminals yeah. will want to take down the cops, but it's not about the cops. It's about what the cops are trying to stop them from doing. Right. It's about, it's that about getting sense. what they want. Yeah. And well, that's, guys. that's why, uh, uh, Arisaka was so powerful after the fourth corporate war. Cause they had that, that library that they were keeping the actual truth actual kind of sealed away. Yeah. No, that library was in the bottom of the Arisaka towers. So not really, not as much anymore. Yeah, no. Um, the Arasaka got <laughs> actually Arasaka didn't. It wasn't very powerful after the fourth corporate war. The Japanese government stepped in and said you went too far. Um, Arasaka regains power after they, they become a small regional co- corporation for a while. But uh, sometime in I think the 2050s, a Arasaka security guy saves the emperor's life from an assassination attempt, and after that, they're allowed to rebuild and they become powerful again. Yeah. No, that was Arasaka's plan. Absolutely. They're saying we, they could see that this was happening. Yeah. And they said, well, we'll create this untouchable database and only we will know. But no, that untouchable database was built in the tower in Night City. They got nuked. <laughs> awesome. That, in fact, is part of why 
the team what the teams were sent in there was to retrieve that database because Militech in the United States wanted it. Didn't quite happen. Nice. Man, that's a lot that was very dense. Thank you for all that info. That was awesome. Oh, you're welcome. Um yeah, no, there there is a lot of lore there and it's tough to tell, especially since your point of view in that is Johnny. Mm-hmm. And Johnny is, as I have said before, a copy, possibly of a copy. Right. On a damaged chip. Right. This information is all being filtered through someone else's brain. Right. Yeah. And at the same and and worse, he's an unreliable narrator because everything he does is all about him. I promise you, Morgan Blackhand was at that mission. Mm. But gee, there's no Morgan Blackhand to be had. And Samurai had long since broken up before that mission. Yet somehow there was a samurai concert right before Johnny got on that helicopter, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's just like, you know, how they say that eyewitness testimony is really unreliable. Cause after a while, your brain starts jumbling things together. Oh yeah. He's remembering Absolutely. Samurai's farewell concert, jumbling it with that mission. Cause they're both two pivotal moments in his life. Right. And he kind of wishes one led to the other. Cause one changed his life. They both uh. changed his life. Um, and then of course he removes the other alpha male in the scenario. Right. That makes sense. You know, Rogue, uh. It's like not doing anything. I don't know if you noticed rogue yeah, yeah. who is 10 times the fighter. He is right. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And in yeah. that whole scenario, he's just like single shotting everybody. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So d- does that mean that spider really does say really off the wall, random stuff or was that? Oh, no, that's, that's actually probably pretty that's, right on. That's actually, spider, but <laughs> spider might be the best, might be the only thing that came out of it. No. So spider Murphy, um, as everybody knows, um, a lot of times in role-playing games, iconic characters come from actual play sessions. Uh, everyone thinks, for example, that Mike played Morgan Blackhand or Johnny Silverhand. The truth mm-hmm. is, while he's played both, they are usually NPCs in his games. Spider Murphy, on the other hand, is Lisa Pondsmith's, one of Lisa Pondsmith's classic characters. She played Spider Murphy, and in her words, Spider Murphy is a, is a uh, Latina woman with very long black hair down to her butt. Uh, <laughs> her butt specifically who, who is who is absolutely known for saying crazy things and so nice. they got that they got that clear on and they got the, the whole combat armor thing she's wearing is actually supposed to be a variation of the oh, netrunner nice. armor she wears yeah in a couple of the pictures in the book um i i'm sad we never get to see her icon because her icon is this this ethereal uh anime naked anime elf spirit oh. girl uh-huh. oh. um uh but yeah no she is a great character and yeah no the the, the do do rats do do cat do rats eat cats do bat shit gnats <laughs> yeah. thing is yeah, yeah. Is, is, cl- is perfect spider murphy and the thing is spider murphy's fun and strange but she's relatively sane compared to say Rage bart ross and she interprets for him in a lot of her books mm. yeah, it's interesting i pulled up the images how um I, I know the the um, the art from the the book, and to look at the character in the game now next to the art from the book, and and the helmet specifically, yeah. is actually very similar. It looks great. It's yeah, right? there's always a lot, really there's cool. A lot of good similarities there. We we, yeah. we were actually there um, to give you an idea of how it worked. Just some behind the scenes stuff is there was a meeting Mike had with their uh, with some of their uh, their. I forget exactly the exact position. It was one of their animators, person who's in charge, literally of dressing people. And they said, okay, here's Santiago. Here's our Santi- Nomad Santiago. Here's our Spider Murphy. Here's our Alt Cunningham. 
here's all these characters that you would you specifically invented mike and can you tell us you know is this cold right and he's like well you know you know because you know there was like uh nomad santiago looks a little too like too much like johnny because they both had the long black hair mm. so there were some changes there spider murphy and there was limits too because they can't there's only so many new assets they could create at that point. Uh, so they had to work with assets they had already had in a lot of cases, but it's, yeah, it was, uh, we worked for, he spent like an hour going over what they look like with them and changing outfits. And it was really cool to see how they do it. Cause it's like, Nope, boom, boom. It's like, uh, it's a lot like the character generator. Yeah. Just no, this, this, this close, this close, this close, this close. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Except for a lot more versatility. Cause you can get into lots of little nitty gritty details like yeah. uh, boots, pants. It was really cool. Um, but yeah, no, they work with Mike specifically on the look of people like spider. She's there for what she's on screen for less than a minute. Yeah. It's not very long. I know, yeah. but it was important to them to make her look as much like, how he envisioned spider murphy and spider murphy when she goes on a job but she has to be there physically she wears armor because she ain't stupid <laughs> she, yeah. she ain't stupid <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey we've got to we got to do the mid-show thing and then we've got to talk about some cyberpunk uh, red stuff yep. so why sure, don't we yeah. do that we'll be right back Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and this is the part where we get to thank our patrons for helping to support the show. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. If we've done anything to help you get through your workday or your commute or your workout or, you know, just, you know, making some burritos, you know, whatever it is, then please consider heading over to patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast and checking out the different tiers. Even at the base tier, you get ad free episodes, early episodes, all sorts of good stuff. Go check that out. And, um, if you sign up for the upgraded tier, then you can join us in just two weeks to actually be on the podcast and chat with us about the topic of the month. And we haven't decided exactly what that topic is going to be yet. But if you do sign up now or early, you can chime in on the discord. You get access to the special discord channel where we can all discuss what that topic is going to be. You can chime in and tell us what you think we should be talking about. And we'll come to a consensus and talk about what that's going to be and then talk about it on the show. So go check that out. And thanks again to all of our patrons we've got to go talk about some awesome stuff so why don't we go do that now here we go all right jay we're back and cool you've got some you've got some goodies to share 
Yeah. So first, um, no one in the podcast, this is great, great radio. No one in the podcast will be able to see this, but I'm holding uh-huh. up a picture. Uh-huh. So uh, we have a spinoff game of cyberpunk called cyber generation, which is an alternate timeline um, where things get worse. Oh, good. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, basically it uh, it's the, the United States is now the incorporated States of America. Um, oh, God. There is, there was a deadly nano plague that is melting adults and giving kids superpowers. And uh, okay. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a cool, it's a cool, um, kind of like x-men meets cyberpunk kind of story mm-hmm. um but uh, there's an adventure which is now available uh and print on demand from drive through rpg uh, called about steel day which is the introduction and spider murphy's a central part of it and that's that's yeah. her with her yes. hair up in a in a re-education camp nice. uh. <laughs> the, the adventure that's involves cool. yes yeah uh, in, in um in cyber generation uh large portions of the population are homeless and the way they're dealt with is they are sent to camps to be re-educated into productive members of society. That always sounds guess, great. That's always yeah, a good yeah. solution. Yes. Guess, guess who never comes, never, uh, never leaves the camps. Um, everybody. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I thought that would be fun to see. We just talked about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we have some stuff. Out. So uh, we were supposed to be at Gen Con this week. Gen Con, for those of you who aren't don't know, is a annual tabletop gaming convention that has been around for over 50 years. It is the largest in North America. Uh, it is wonderful. Uh, it used to be run by TSR back in the day. It is now its own independent, uh, the makers of Dungeons and Dragons, the original makers of Dungeons and Dragons, is now its own independent thing. We were going to go. It was going to be great. We had all these volunteers. We we're going to be running tons of games. We had the biggest booth we've ever had. And then we just looked at it was great. We looked at the numbers and we're like, Oh no, we can't. If even one person in our crew comes home infected and it's like, uh, it just wasn't, it, was, it yeah. wasn't good. It's just not safe. So, it's, so we pulled it's, out. it's a good choice. You guys should stay safe. It would be very, it'd be very upsetting if somebody was to come down with something and you know, no, it is. It would yeah. be if someone brought it home to their loved ones or the community yeah. and it just, it just wasn't safe enough. Even with, even with mask mandates in the convention center, there weren't any outside of the city itself. I mean, you go to any of these conventions just normally, not, not during pandemic times and everybody comes home with the flu. Like that's just Con- normal. It's a real thing. Yes. Yeah. So, um, normally during these conventions, we hold seminars where we announce, we say, here's what we're working on. And since we couldn't do that, Today I'm going to talk to you about. Here's what we're working on. All right. So what are you working on? We've got we've got like we've got 20 minutes. So you've got you've got the rest of the show. Go for it. Okay. So what's out right now? Of course, the core rulebook's out. Jumpstart kicks out. Yes. And the data screen is out, which is the GM screen. We all know about that. We also have released 11 individual what we call DLCs, which are PDFs uh, between say five and 20 pages long, uh, which contain additional content you can download for free from our website to add stuff to your games. It covers everything from uh, what we call hardened enemies, which are enemies uh, that fall into classic tiers, MOOC, Lieutenant, et cetera, but are more difficult mm-hmm. to, um, to fight. Uh, so if you have a very combat heavy crew, you can do that. Also two different supplements about Elf Lines Online, the premier MMO of Night City, where you can stop playing Cyberpunk and start playing Elves uh, in a Cyberpunk setting. What? Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. The elves, oh, the elves, wait, wait. The elves aren't in the cyberpunk setting. You could be in a cyberpunk setting, jack in two elf lines online, and play a fantasy game within your cyberpunk game. That's funny. Wait, okay, so how does this work? <laughs> wait, wait. 
That's great. It, use, it uses a technology similar to brain dance. It's essentially a VR technology that uses some of the brain dance. So you, 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 you feel like you are part of, you are in this world and mm -hmm. you have a, you have full sensation. Um, and yet yeah, you're an elf and you have to, you, it's a pay to play game. So you can buy advancement and you can, uh, <laughs> buy, buy equipment with real money. We have rules for that too. Um, so uh we've done all these things and now next of course what's what's next what are we gonna put on next right uh, we got okay. a couple things in the works we have something called the data pack cyberpunk red data pack and that is a multimedia project uh which comes with uh not multimedia as in like video and print but multimedia as in multiple different things within one package mm -hmm. so it comes with 50 character sheets we've retooled the character sheet to be double-sided instead of three page it comes with uh a uh, six double-sided 11 by 17 maps for a total of 12 different maps. Wow. Yep. Uh, wow. All gridded so you can use them for combat. Uh, made by uh, both Monster Fight Club and Block Battle Maps, both two very good companies yeah. uh, and map, map makers. There is, uh, and then there is the booklet. And the booklet has six screen sheet adventures, which is one page is in-world newsprint that you can hand your players. And the back page is a one-page adventure you can run there's some really cool ones in there. And then there are six, what we call 20 things lists, which are, or random encounter tables, which are basically six lists of 20 each people, places, or things. Uh, and the great thing is, so uh, you say, oh, my guys are going to a bar. I need a bar for them to go to. Oh. We have a 20 hotspots in Night City, or my people just killed a guy and I need to know what's in his subdermal pocket. We have a 20 things you find in a subdermal pocket, 20 things, people you meet on the, on the subway. Uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, I love, I love so, random tape. I love tables. I love yep. using them for random stuff. I love, mm -hmm. I like when I run my own adventures for things, I like, so backing up just a little bit, uh, when yep. I was in college, I spent three years as part of an improv group. Um, two of those years, I won improviser of the year as voted by the audience. So go me. Thank you. I mean, it means that when the audience votes for you. Yeah. So people like me, they really like me. Um, but the, part of in any adventure, I feel like randomness is a significant part of the storytelling because yes. um, you as the GM or the uh, referee, depending on what type of you know story you're doing or adventure or whatever, um, you're a big part of it. The players are a big part of it. But then randomness is the secret sauce. And mm -hmm. having a table like that is, I, 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 I will not do an adventure without some sort of random table because yep. it's, I don't know. I can't say enough good things about having a good table of stuff where you can just be like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to go over here and look around the corner. What's around the corner? And I didn't plan a thing. So give me a table and I just roll a dice or something. And yep, this is what's around the corner. That's where we're going. You know, like, hey. Great. And the lovely thing is, is, uh, so these are written by Melissa Wong, who is a new freelance writer in our, in our stable, our bullpen. Uh, if you're, if you know, if you're old enough to know what a bullpen is, um, <laughs> and, uh, Melissa doesn't write, Oh, here is a, here's a, you know, one page table. And it's just one through five. You encounter, you go to this, you, a restaurant named blah, uh -huh. what she writes is a full description. Here's what the bar is like. Here's what the person who runs it is like. Here's their spe here's a bar specialty drink and how much it costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, cool. these are each not only cool descriptions, so you have enough to really riff off of because you've been there. You, you you're running the game. 
your players do something, they go someplace and you're like, Oh, I got to come up with something there. And I don't know. And a name is good. A description is better. Okay. So can we, can we roll a dice right now? Can you give me, uh, can you just pull a, pull a sheet out? Pull a, I, you have got a sheet? A, I don't, I don't, do I have, I don't have it yet. Cause it's, it's wait, I can oh, get it. Okay. One? Give me a second to call okay. up on my phone. Yeah, pull, pull one up. We'll what, what what type of dice do we need? This is this is really cool that that, that we're basically and this is something that's in addition to red. So for folks that are enjoying red right now, yeah. this you is do a not great need these way things to play them. That's, but that's, it's good to. But yeah, no, you, know, you don't need it, but it, you can add it to your adventure, and it it just spices okay. it up a little bit. All right, how many? Just give how me many one sides? second. Uh, you need a D one hundred. Okay. Uh, Cyberpunk Archive, Cyberpunk data pack booklet okay we'll go to you want to do the bars uh yeah that works let's just do a bar we'll bar we'll do a bar okay let me go to the bars real quick 20 things in night city 20 freelancers in night city which is great these are like half a column people's 20 hotspots go ahead give me a d give me a d100 roll all right here we go uh, and we really upset if it's not 69. 30, uh, 69. <laughs> 38. Yeah. Uh, uh, 36 to 40. Redline. Redline is a place to watch fights. Not bar fights. No. Redline being the best of augmented and unaugmented mixed martial arts. Ooh. The entire bar is built around a window-lined fighting pit. Customers willing to book the private viewing rooms, 100 EB to 1,000 EB, depending on uh, the fights, get this sit up up against these big armored windows watching people fight each other while waiters and waitresses bring them their drinks and their bar snacks. Less wealthy customers can hang out in the bar area watching the fights from the cage top of the pit or on screens mounted on the walls. The cage on top of the fighting pit is a new addition installed after a cyber fighter threw her opponent clean out of the pit and into some customers. Officially, all fights <laughs> are to the knockout and Redline maintains a trauma team membership so fighters who get badly... Uh, what's our rating? Uh, as deadly as possible. Uh, effed up. Can get <laughs> oh, oh our, our, our show rating. <laughs> I thought you meant yeah. what's the rating of the bar? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it, that's uh, really whatever. Up. That's how. Yeah, it's yeah. It's up. just. Yeah. However, yeah. the rumor goes that there are death matches every month on the new moon for special guests and customers only. <laughs> Owner propriety Jenny Nails denies all of that. Naturally, signature drink: the winner's cup, salty beef bouillon made with a bullion cube nowadays, cognac, Worcestershire sauce, ah. lemon juice, and a garnish of soy bacon, 20 EB mm. per glass. Nice. Okay. <laughs> can, we do, can we do one more real, real okay. quick? Do you have, do you have something? Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. For like, for we'll like, do a different list. Okay, okay, I want a list for things I can pickpocket out of the, the dumb corpo guy next to me's pocket. Okay, we'll do it for 20 things, uh, 20 things in, a, in a subdermal pocket. Okay. So in Cyberpunk Red, you can get a subdermal pocket, which is a small pocket located in your body. Yes. Okay. So, so I noticed the the corpo next to me, and I pickpocket his subdermal pocket, which sounds super gross. <laughs> it is absolutely disgusting. Yes. yes. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll do we'll wrap this around. Is is you're in a fight? You got done kicking, killing this guy in the back alley. <laughs> yeah. Of the, yeah. Of the, of the no. 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 I saw him in the. You're I was at the, in the bar watching a fight. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I we, I went into the bathroom, and he was in the bathroom being a complete douchebag, and I decided yes. to, to punch him out. Now I'm stealing something out of his of his subdermal pocket because okay. he's a roll, roll is it, it for is me. It, is, is this a 20? Yeah, no, these all, they're 20 things, but they're all D100. Okay, so they're all D100. Okay, cool. Here we go. Um, this is not called a flesh pocket. This is 82. Um, 82. 82. We like the word subdermal. 
Um, so these are much shorter. Uh, as you notice, that one was long. For most of these are uh, half a half a column uh, mm-hmm. long. The twenty things is a much shorter one. And this is just simple: a single plastic earring. <laughs> That's great. Why would I he have that, that in a subdermal pocket? You never know. <laughs> Who knows? That's the mystery. You know, but but there's a whole story. Smells there, really bad. I, I would go further. I would. I would. T- I think I say it's a single plastic earring covered in blood because earlier tonight this guy killed. Oh God! His mistress. Oh. And oh, her blood no. got on the earring. Oh, uh, his and blood he got kept on the earring. She fought back. Oh. So he took the earring, so his DNA would not be at the scene of the crime. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is. I can see where this is going. This is wonderful. Okay. Yep. This is. I love this stuff. This is great. Yep. Yeah, that's so the, that's what's that's what's in the data pack. Uh, we're very excited, and it, we're looking at probably it's going to be twenty bucks uh, MSRP, may, uh, our, our suggested retail price, and we're hoping to have this out next month. Nice. The world sucks. <laughs> Shipping is weird. Jeez. There's literally a cardboard shortage of all the things to have a shortage of. Cardboard. People yeah. are fighting over cardboard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I used to work in packaging. I, I I was a, I designed packaging. Did you know that? I was a packaging designer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did not know that. For, sir, I salute you. I, I love packaging engineering. Packaging engineers yep. are freaking brilliant geniuses. I did it. I, I stumbled into I stumbled into that job uh, from I went from being knowing nothing to being mm-hmm. a part-time packaging designer for and then within three months went full time. And then within six months of that, I changed jobs to becoming the only packaging designer at a different company and the manager of their entire packaging design. <laughs> wow. I mean, if you're the only one, I was the only one. I, I, everything that ran through that entire plant after only nine months of experience in the industry was on me. This well, guy. So, well, so, so if you what? were like, you did the really cool stuff, like, like the boxes are all folded up and like, yeah, I did everything, the, everything, cool. everything from but like if, simple if, boxes if, to if, uh, like displays. And also like, if, yeah. if you're the clamshell guy, I hate you with a burning passion. Nope. <laughs> nope. I didn't. Uh, this was all like, uh, this was corrugated in foam. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't plastic. Yeah. So, so the, the, the gray cardboard they use in uh, GM screens, board games, that kind of thing, there mm. is a shortage of it right now. Yeah. So oh, it, that, that causes delays and things. Um, <sighs> moving on. Yeah. We also next as we're also working on, I hope they have out sometime before the end of the year, the Netrunner deck. Ooh. So net running, uh, actually I have pictures. I have, I have that too. I actually have a prototype we made up. Um, so net running in cyberpunk red is, uh, you go there, you have programs on your cyber deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a net architecture. There are black, there's black ice. You have to fight. There are, uh, demons that control control nodes and those control nodes control things like turrets in the real world. Right. And, uh, so we made, and it, we made these cards. It's going to be backwards because oh, my camera. Yeah. Yeah. Here. I'm going to actually zoom in on you. There we go. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So, um, uh, we worked with an artist who actually made these as a project and put them out on the web. They were like, we love those so much. We're going to buy them. Oh, that's cool. Um, and so, uh, they basically, the idea is you can, uh, load your cyber deck with the programs like sword here. <gasps> So reason for uh, my Yu-Gi-Oh. Arms. Yes, yes. Someone, was, someone was absolutely saying that they said that, you know, this, this is the reason you get your, your, your Yu-Gi-Oh deck and you put, put your cards on it. Get your um, deck on it. That's, a, that's awesome. You, you can build what's called a net architecture, which is the network you dive through and fight oh, the various yeah. things and overcome the various obstacles with the other cards. And because, uh, the cards create, allow you to create a visual version of it to make it a lot easier. So it's not just, uh, a, it's not just a dungeon 
that you draw out or you say in your head, you say, mm. you lay down the cards on the thing and then you flip them over and say, okay, well, now you're facing a killer. And in theory, you could also create random net architectures with these. Um, and yeah. like, but they're like, oh, that's uh, kind of fun. Item- yeah. This sounds like a version, like a li- like a real life version of Slay the Spire, where you're kind of progressing through a dungeon and each person has like different things that you come across, but you never really know what you're going to come across until you flip the card and you have to deal with it. Yeah. Sort of kind of the way the net running works in red is we call it an elevator. There are floors one through whatever to the bottom and on each floor, there is a thing. And you have to go from floor one to floor two to floor three to floor three. So floor one, you might be at the top and there might be a password he has to get through. And so you run the program, you run the program to, to decipher the password and get through floor two, there might be a black ice, like a hellhound. You have yeah. to fight that yeah. and you can choose to fight it or you can try to get, pa- you can run past it. If you just run past it, it will follow you. If you, you could do something called sliding, which is basically you go around it and it won't know where you are. And so it stays where it is. And you go through, you can reach the control nodes and the control nodes control things in the real world, like turrets or doors or cameras. And mm-hmm. you can take control of them from things called demons which are programs designed to control those control nodes. Uh, and if you get all the way to the bottom, you reach essentially what's the CPU. From there, you can insert a virus. And that virus is something you program on the fly. It allows you to make a fundamental change to the net architecture. For example, you can make it so that the next time you come, it recognizes you as a system operator and nothing attacks you and all the passwords open up for you. Or you can make it so that all the hellhounds will attack only the system administrators and not you, or you can make it. So everything looks purple. It's up to you what you want your virus to do. You could, you could, you could program it so that the turrets automatically recognize employees. Hey Larry, I think we got hacked. Why do you think we got hacked? Everything's purple. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a simpler system than the old 2021 where you were doing these very complex dungeon crawls. That's what they were. They were these very complex dungeon crawls. You're going from room to room to room, almost like a, like a roguelike, like a classic roguelike. Um, but it's a lot easier to run during the game and net runners have to be present. Uh, Your net runner has to be within six meters of the access point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that we're hoping to have out. I think it's going to be seventeen dollars. It comes with fifty-two cards. Uh, we're very excited about it. If the deck, if this deck does well, we're going to start looking at gear cards, guns, and other things. So wow. that, you know, the GM doesn't have to say, "You find this gun. Here is its stats." They pull out the card and say, "You find this gun. Here is its stats." Nice. That's cool. Um. So we're looking at that. Um. Then uh, we talked about. Let's see that interface red. Is the next thing i talked about the dlcs we have for free what we're doing is we're taking several of them the first set of them and we're putting them together into a printed and pd and digital book uh you can get the pdf version or you get the printed version uh and you say well i already have these for free why would why would i want the printed version there's two reasons one even though we give it away it costs something to make we have to pay the writers we have to pay the art when there's new art we have to pay the layout people mm-hmm. you know that's all has it's all done by staff but that staff still has to have a salary cost paid so it costs money to make free things and we appreciate you paying for them when you can uh the other thing is we're putting something new in it uh in every interface red and we're planning and continuing to put them out this is volume one there'll be volume two down the road volume three uh and every one there'll be at least one new article and that new article will contain content that's not available anywhere else. In this case, it will contain an article we call All About Drones. And so you'll have 
um, if uh, Logan will probably remember this since he's been through the book enough times, uh, there's this big giraffe looking thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a drone we call the G the, the giraffe three, the G R A F three made by a company called Zarafa, oh, nice. a Russian uh-huh. drone company. We are giving you stats for that. It's a construction drone. Um, oh, we're also giving, cool. yeah, we're excited about that. We're also giving uh, stats for the Zarafa Panther and the Zarafa Eagle, which are wow. two security drones. Uh, and the probably the most powerful drones from the game to date, much more powerful than the ones in the core rule book and what we call personal drones up until now, every drone we've encountered in the core rule book or in this are, um, what we call network drones. They require a net architecture. In other words, not only does the drone need to be there, but it's got to have its own server. It runs off of, uh, and either a demon or a net runner is running it, an, an operator, a personal drones, all you need is your, 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 what we call an agent, your smartphone. Hmm. So it's a lot like the little oh, drone you can buy at the store today. So cool. there, yeah, there are three. There's the observer and the transporter, which is the observer is a camera drone, a flying camera drone. The transporter is your flying Amazon package delivery drone. <laughs> nice. Um, which, you know, if it can, if it can carry 40 pounds of knickknacks, it can carry 40 pounds of grenades. Or, just your, saying. or your dog. That's cool. Or your dog. I like or a that. baby. That's neat. Um, so, you know, these are things we present them as they're intended, but what you do with them is up to you. And the third personal drone is my favorite. It's the, my first draft three, which is a toy <laughs> scale version of about three feet high of the draft. Um, it move, it has a move of one, which means it can move one square per round, uh-huh. uh, on, on the, on the map. Uh, and it can only, it only has five hit points. But you know what? A tech could do some really cool stuff to upgrade that because no one expects the toy to be passing, packing plastic explosives or to have the uh, the needle dart in it. Oh, that's nice. I like with that. Which to uh, poison someone. Right. It's just, it sounds and like it, something straight out of the movie Toys with Robin yeah. Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is an unappreciated class movie, my friend. That's sweet. Um, I like that. So all that will be in it and it's only going to be available there. It's also, and it's the first chance anybody's going to get to see to see personal drones. There'll be more in the future, but uh, people have been asking for it for a long time. They want drones that aren't quite as expensive because the net architecture is extremely expensive. Uh, the drones we've done so far are designed to be, you know, corporate security drones. Uh, so we're excited about that. And then beyond that, that's going to be out this year sometime. We don't know when, um, okay. we don't know the retail price yet. Uh, it all depends on how much we're, we're still working that out depends on, uh, the printer and how much they charge us. And then we'll work out the price and it will be going to the printer soon. We've worked out the deal. It's just the fine print that needs to be worked on. And then after that, we've got black Chrome. Uh, we don't have a date on that yet. Uh, black Chrome is a thing book. If anyone remembers our Chromebooks, it is a, mm-hmm. essentially a in universe catalog full of stuff. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. These black cool. Chrome is going to continue that tradition. Uh, it's going to be about, uh, going to a night market and seeing all this cool stuff. I think that's what Mike has planned. Um, it might be a little different, but the idea of being is that you have all this cool stuff you can add to your game. There'll also be information about how you get stuff because the time of the red is a scarcity economy. It doesn't work quite the same way. You can't just go down to the store and buy stuff. You've got to find the guy that knows the guy that has the stuff. And so uh, uh, we're excited about getting that out. That is in the final art stages, which is to say, um, this book, this is a project we've been working on for a long time since before we actually started finalizing cyberpunk red over the years, the rules have changed as we got 
because gaming, like game design, tabletop game design, like video game design is an iterative process. Mm-hmm. Uh, features get moved out, features get moved in, rules get changed after playtesting. Uh, so we are doing final, we had to do, have had to do final runs to make sure the rules are correct. And then after that, we had to order the art because we don't want to order art based on old rules. Because if in the old art, we said it had a rocket launcher and then in the new new version it's got a grenade launcher right. those look different right so we had to order why them does the rocket launcher sure. look like a grenade launcher? yeah or a grenade launcher yeah. look like a rocket launcher yeah totally uh, yeah Makes so sense. so we're in the art stages we're hoping to have that out sometime soonish i'm not gonna say when because who knows these days sure uh, but sure. hopefully soon enough and Fair then enough. after that we just announced that we're doing an adventure book you're very classic here's a compilation of cool adventures you can go on to uh we don't have a title for it yet mike is assembling this really cool writing team very diverse lots of different writers uh who each bring their very unique perspective to night city and it's going to be uh centered around fixers who give you jobs it's a very classic scenario we're going to start with the classic scenario the fixer has a job for you here it is but you're going to get to explore some very different aspects of night city in each one Mm -hmm. okay and there'll be some cool stuff too that players GMs will be able to give to their players or the players will be able to make use of. I can't talk about it yet, but there's something in it I'm really excited for. Nice. I nice. can't wait to be able to talk more about it. Uh, that's what we've announced. Uh, there's other stuff down the road. Uh, we've talked about rustic Chrome before, which will be a sequel to black Chrome, which will focus more on nomad style stuff ah. and more less on how you get it and more on how it gets to you. Ah. Uh, cause nomads are the transport networks right. of the time of the red, uh, beyond that other stuff's in plans, early stages. Can't talk about it yet, but we're su- super excited. And we're going to keep putting out the DLC, that free content about once a month. There is a third elf lines. Wow. There's been two elf lines so far. There's gonna be a third one. We're waiting on a very specific piece of art. I will tell you that it will definitely introduce monsters to the elf lines world. So we're excited about mm. that. Um, and there's some other stuff coming too, as we get through. So the, you know, once a month, at least we're going to be releasing some new content. You can just yank from our website, and add to your game. That's awesome. That's awesome. You guys, are, you guys wow. have so much coming. That's awesome. That sounds like yeah. some really cool stuff. Wow. Well, um, man, we're at the end of the show I wish we could talk another hour, but we're just gonna have to have you come oh. back for another one of yeah. these in the future. Um, we'll have some other topics to talk about in the future. Is there anything else you want to share before you head out? Yeah, uh, I'm going to say, um, uh, if you are playing Cyberpunk Red and you're saying to yourself, God, I wish I had an app to keep track of all my character stuff uh-huh. and roll stuff and do uh-huh. random night markets for, there is one. It is called the Cyberpunk Red Companion app. You can what? find it on iOS and on Android. Um, I'm and, this right now. Uh, it, is, it is very cool. Uh, it is free. The basic version, the... Uh, very talented young coder who is working on it. I actually don't know if they're young or not, I assume, but I've never <laughs> met them face to face. is working on premium content, which will add new material uh-huh. to it for a small fee, you yeah. know, because they're giving it free. That's it. And they also have a Patreon, so feel free to look on that and support them there. But it is very cool and it is, you know, super useful to have your character on your phone. That's awesome. That is really nice. That, is that really makes cool. it so much easier, especially if you get a tablet and you can have it set up so you can look at things right away. That's really awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's nice that's, yeah. This, it, it, it's nice too, because it'll, it'll do a lot of all calculating and rolling for you. And that's, that's super useful. This is so easy. Wow. Like if you have, if you have friends, especially during a pandemic, if you're all playing remote and then you can just be mm-hmm. like, Hey, just, you know, keep your character on your app 
get on a call. We can all just play, yeah. pull your character back up, just keep track of what you're doing. That's so easy. You don't have to figure out where yes. you put your papers or whatever. Like it's so much, so much easier. Um, yeah. that's awesome. That's so cool. Well, thank you again for joining us. This is, this is so cool. Uh, how can people reach out if they want to get, you know, talk to you directly about any of the stuff that you've been talking about? Well, for the next week they can't, cause I'm on vacation. This is my last well, official duty before you I go, go on vacation. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. My boss just said, we're not going to Gen Con. So take a week off. Wait, actually That's what they cool. said is we're not going to Gen Con. So we're going to take advantage of this and take a trip to the shore together. You might as well, because oh. Mike and Lisa, of course, are a married couple. They're going to go off and have a nice romantic week together. And they're oh. like, yeah, you might as well not come to work too. I was like, cool. Can I have, um, can I have the week <laughs> off too? Can you, I, you know what, if you want to take the whole week off and shut down your podcast network, that that's all you, man. You're your all own right. boss. All right. Well, uh, as long as, as if Mike says it's okay, then I'll do it. Mike, Mike says that Mike says everyone needs to have some good life work balance. Okay. Don't all make right. the dark. Don't make your future. The dark future. Thank you, Mike. Um, <laughs> Mo- no, seriously, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Artelzorian Games. You can find our website, ArtelzorianGames.com. Uh, Facebook, uh, there's an Artelzorian Games Facebook group. Uh, I generally run into the Cyberpunk and Red and Witcher TTRPG Reddits. Uh, by the way, shout out to the Witcher Lorecast. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. This tomorrow is Cody Pondsmith episode. Yes. Cody. Cody was on recently. Man, he had. Yes. We could talk about We could talk with him for multiple yes. episodes in a row and never run out of stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah that's tomorrow um, night but, if you guys um, want to join us. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you can find us there. Um, in theory, we have an Instagram, which I need to do a lot more with now that we actually have some art to show off. Uh, and uh, we have a Discord, uh, which you can find uh, fairly easily. It's a public Discord, so you should be able to search for it. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. This has been great. Thank you. Yeah. You guys are always lovely. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Well, you're lovely too. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Everybody's got rosy cheeks. All right. Um, Logan, how can people get a hold of you, buddy? Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, do it through the uh, the Robots Radio Discord or hit me up on Twitter at CAPT underscore LOGUN. You can always listen to CFE's content if you were here for the pre show over at Keelhaul Podcast. Just search for CFE's anywhere on where podcasts or podcasts are. And you'll find mine right next to the uh, the rare official ones, and uh, that's pretty much it. Thanks. Yeah, awesome, awesome. You guys can always get get hold of me on uh, our Robots Radio Discord or on my Twitter account at robots underscore radio. And um, we've got the Witcher Lorecast coming up tomorrow night, so join us on Monday nights at our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash robots radio, where we do all of these shows live, including this one. And coming up next in just less than 10 minutes, we have the mass effect lore cast. And if you have any thoughts on immortality or cyberpunk red or any of that stuff, or, or you're looking for cyberpunk red actual play shows, we have a few on our network as well. So go check out robotsradio.net. Go check out our robots radio discord, which a lot of people have been absolutely loving. Everybody who jumps in there is like, man, this is the best discord I've ever found. So, people seem to really dig it so join us on there let us know your thoughts about these things we'd love to chat with you and come join come join us if you're awesome we love you come join us if you're not awesome go join somebody else's discord um but yeah come come hang out with us if you're awesome we'll see you guys later bye everyone bye Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. 
If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Hey friends, this is Robots, the creator of the Robots Radio Podcast Network and host of the two original shows on the network, the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. These two shows have rocketed up the iTunes charts. They both together have over 155 star reviews in only a couple of months with bite-sized episodes that take you step-by-step through the background of the games and the game worlds. They're thought-provoking, well-produced, and a lot of fun. I recommend you go check them out at robotsradio.net or on any podcast reader, podcatcher, whatever you use, iTunes, Spotify. Again, that's the Fallout Lorecast and the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, available everywhere. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping...